Kentucky White hit in the end zone if Lowther misses. And Brett Lowther doesn't do that. It's a walk-off game winner for Brett Lowther and the Saskatchewan Rookriders. Dave Evans streaking, trying to find the end zone. 19 in a row for a touchdown. And Waylon Anderson does it to the Argos again. Anderson has five touchdowns in 2019. All against the double blue. It is Lucky Week 13 post-Labor Day, yeah. In the Canadian Football League, I'm Andy McNamara. With you, Canada-wide, on the TSN Radio Network, coming to you live from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. You can watch behind the scenes on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Live. Follow along on Twitter as well, at AndyMC81. Instagram, at AndyMCSports. Great show for you today, folks. Couple of heavy hitter insiders because now, as we know, once you get past Labor Day, it's go time in the CFL. Okay, there's no more playing around. There's no more sorting yourself out. It is the march to the Grey Cup. Farhan Lalji, we got the West Coast, we got the East Coast getting covered, and then CFL fantasy tips with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. So we will be covering a lot to get to. Let me know what you thought of the Labor Day classics. Coming up between uh, Saskatchewan winning by two over Winnipeg. Hamilton coming back, uh, outscoring the Argos, what, 27-3 in the second half to win that game. And then Calgary putting the boots to return to Bo Levi Mitchell over the Edmonton Eskimos. Let me know on Twitter at AndyMC81 and in the chat room on twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. All right, there's a lot to get to today, folks. Let's go. First down. As I said, Bo Levi Mitchell. Best name to say. You just have to say it with the country twang. Made his triumphant return to the starting quarterback position of the Calgary Stampeders. Led the Stamps to a 25-9 win over Edmonton on Labor Day. So the CFL on TSN panel, led by our guy Rod Smith, gave their thoughts on what the return of Bo Levi means for the rest of the West. With Henry Burris, Matt Dunnigan, and Milt Stegall. We talked a lot about this. Bo Levi Mitchell coming back, and would there be any rust? And going up against a team with a fearsome pass rush in the Edmonton Eskimos, boy, we got our answer. I mean, it wasn't statistically, Matty, his greatest game ever, but he still looks solid. That Calgary offense certainly helped him out in general. Yeah, and, and I like Bo's take on things, too. Military day, going out there and competing and showing just playing a game where other, people's are putting, or other people are putting their lives on the line. He says, yeah, I just want to go out there and represent and do do what I do and, and get out there and play and earn my contract. And I love that mentality. And that's Bo Levi Mitchell. He's a winner. 71-16-2 now. 6-0 in the Labor Day Classics. And and he checked off a lot of boxes. A few times he got a little happy feet, you know, but he, he, he read the blitz and I think that was one of the biggest throws that he made and one he'll feel really comfortable about when he threw it to Bagleton for a touchdown. And then he aired it out as well. But I think what impressed me more and what passed the test for me there, there's a throw there in the hot to Bagleton. To me that's wonderful. But the uh, it, when he went to his left and he torqued his arm and he, and he dropped it down here and you can really see him drop his elbow and just slide it out to a receiver. And to me, that said, okay, he's fine. Nothing's wrong here. And then when you go clean, nobody touches you. That's yeah. a really good thing right there for that old line stepping up like they did. Well, for me, I mean, you look at Trevor Harris now and where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to give some credit to this Calgary defense. They're really starting to shape into one of the better defenses uh, in the CFL. We thought they would struggle a little bit, but they've been 
playing some great ball, and they really put some pressure on Trevor. And Trevor usually, yeah, he didn't throw any touchdowns today, but he didn't get many yards passing either, only 216 yards. C.J. Gable really didn't get in the game. This Calgary defense is shaping into great form, and now you have Bo Levi Mitchell back. If I'm anybody in the West, I'm worried about these Calgary Stampeders now because now they're looking like the Grey Cup champs of last year. I was just about to say that. It's like Calgary last year. Didn't even give up 10 points, but the fact, like you mentioned, this team averages 350 yards passing a game, that being Edmonton. And like you said, they held him up with 216 yards passing today and total yards under 300 yards personally. But hey, now if I was to ask you a team with Greg Ellingson, DeVaris Daniels, Ricky Ooh. Collins Jr., C.J. Gable with Jason Moss and Trevor Harris, you would expect this team to be coming out and putting up more points and being more productive as an offense. They got some questions to answer up in Edmonton right away. Yeah, and the world of plug-and-play with the Stampeders, too. And he, uh, Bo talked about their offensive line. How about Kadeem Carey, too, when they rotate the running backs yeah. through because of injuries, when he has 16 carries and 143 yards. Wow. What's your new nickname for him? Kadeem Ca- Cash and Cash Carey. And Carey. I like that. Cash yeah. and Carey. <laughs> uh, I tell you, it's working out, and Stampeders get the win. One great thing about the Labor Day rivalries, in a lot of cases anyway, you get that rematch next week at Commonwealth. Eskimo Stampeders will do it again. Well, that's right. It will be at uh, Commonwealth Week 13, Calgary in to face the Eskimos. And that's huge. That is a huge matchup when you think about what has to happen the rest of the way in the West Division. It's up for grabs, folks. Chris Strebler can't throw the damn football for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can't rely on him, but they're 8-3. Saskatchewan's pushing. Calgary now 6-4. Edmonton 6-5. BC, BC Lions are 1-9, so they're, they're out. They're, they're, they're not a factor. But the rest... Everything is up for grabs. Very exciting time. And that rematch is going to be huge. Let's move on. Second down. Well, the Toronto Argonauts look good for the first two quarters and seem primed for a Labor Day upset in Hamilton. But the Ticats, led by backup, turned starting QB Dane Evans, stormed back, outscored the Argos 27-3 in the second half. Rod Smith and the CFL on TSN panel explain what the heck happened. Hey, Milt Stegall, I mean, it's a tale of two halves, really. They were down by 13, but what an explosion for Evans and that Tiger Cat offense in the second half. Yeah, that, that was amazing. I mean, that, that that would be amazing if you were a 10-year veteran in this league, but this is his first year getting the opportunity to start. He did an amazing job. And we know about the stars on that offense. You talk about Dane Evans, talk about Edwards, you're talking about Speedy B, but what about a guy like Jackson Bennett contributing, a guy like Marcus Tucker? Dane Evans was getting all these guys involved. And when you have everyone involved in the game, everyone is out there giving 100%. So that was a great half by that team. Outscoring Toronto 27-3. Once again, these Argonauts are disappointed. Second game in a row where they had a double-digit lead, and they allowed the team to come back and win. Uh, hey, Bill, you talk about unsung heroes. Yeah, it's easy to talk about Madison Tucker, talk about Evans, uh, a career-high passing today. How about those big boys up front in the second half? You know, they gave up five first-half sacks and turnovers were Hamilton's Achilles heel being outscored after they scored the first eight points, 24-3, then turned that around and outscoring Toronto in the second half, 27-3, and the big boys kept Dane Evans clean so he could have 19 straight and, and, and do his thing. Absolutely, you got to tip your hat to the big boys, keep them watered down. I'm sure Dane's buying tonight. Oh, you know, he's going to be buying a lot yeah. of good food for those guys tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the chemistry between Dane Evans and Braylon Addison, 12 targets, 11 completions. You can't beat that. But I want to tip my hat off to Orlando Steinauer. We talked about Coach of the Year last weekend. Mm. We got to really consider him big time because for that team to be 
as sloppy as they were and undisciplined in the first half, mm -hmm. those guys came out content. They knew exactly what they had to do and how they were going to get it done. And that's who Hamilton is, the team with the best record in the league. And I love the fact that Dwayne and Rod, they, 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 they alluded to it, the fact that this is the first time we've had a, a team from the East leading the league probably since Anthony Calvillo yeah. in the game. And, and you talk about, what about Mark Washington having to deal with three defensive right. backs going out? Yeah. So he's scrambling, moving guys around, and they came out in that second half and totally, totally shut down the Argos. Yeah, that was that was a tough one to swallow if you're an Argos fan. That was you looked like okay, first half, and then Hamilton came back. It's just it's just one of those years. I like what I'm seeing out of McLeod Bethel Thompson overall, big yardage, but it's not all on him either. It's it's just tough. It is just a tough year, and the Argos got to figure a lot out. And uh, you know what? One more. One more down. There we go. Third down. There. You know we love our rankings here too, folks. Okay, here on CFL Weekly. Let's head back one more time to our guy Rod Smith and the crew to determine the best defensive lineman overall this season in the Canadian Football League. The 7-11 player rankings and look at the top defensive lineman in the Canadian Football League as it stands right now. Willie Jefferson at the top. Pretty hard to argue that the way he's playing with Winnipeg, Charleston Hughes, Jagarit Davis, Drake Nevis on the inside. Armando Sewell as well and Dylan got a lot of tackles, a lot of inside linemen here. So Milton, you know the rules. You can alter the order and if you want to uh, add a name, you got to take one off. Slurpy boy was oh so close. Oh so close Slurpy boy. But I'm going to have to take one off, and that's Micah Johnson. I know a lot of people are like, what? Well, Micah Johnson, yes, he gets double-teamed a lot this year, but he got double-teamed a lot in previous years, and he was still able to get sacks. No sacks this year, so I got to go with another guy. Plus, he's been out of the lineup, too. He's been out of the lineup a couple yeah. of games. Yeah. I, I got to go with Botang. You know, he leads Michael that Botang, yeah, Edmonton. He's just yeah. behind Sewell, six sacks in his third year. We could have went with more also for the Edmonton Eskimos, but I'm going with Botang. I'm putting him in Micah Johnson's place. Yeah, I like that, Milt. And uh, I'm all about Kwaku Botang being on that list and about Dylan Wynn being higher on that list. Mm. I think he's having an all-star season. And a guy that's playing in this football game is, I think, underrated. I'm not sure if he's going to make this list, but Derek Wiggins, just a shout-out to him. Yeah. Mm. I think he's been having an outstanding year, one of those unsung heroes for the Calgary Stampeder D-line. Well, me, myself personally, you can move Mr. Drake Nevis up that board as well because when you talk about the plug for the best defense as far as stopping the run, there's none better than Mr. Drake Nevis. And also, like you mentioned, Dylan Wynn, he's having one outstanding year. But I'm also going to take Michael. Johnson off that board, yeah. and I'm going to add Cordero Law, because wow. right now if you look at Armando Sewell, he's got 24 tackles, being a run stopper, six going. sacks, yeah. and guess what, Cordero has 22 tackles, six sacks as well, stopping the run, Hank. and also being effective, can I, can Hank, Hank, sacking the quarterback. Hank, Hank I, I like Drake Nevis, and and, uh, and and a guy that's helping him out, and another fire plug right next to him is Stephen Richardson oh, yeah. at Winnipeg Blue. Yeah. What did Mr. Drake do to you, because he's in your uh, head. Oh, he, he's yeah. mad, he's balling, <laughs> Hey, Mike, Mike is still great. Yeah, Mike no, is going to get – he's getting his mojo back. Okay. Mike is, yeah. though. You call him sir, though. I got it. Oh, and, yeah. and no argument oh, with Willie yeah. Jefferson being at the oh, top that. of that, right? Oh, without a doubt. No. And that is, courtesy Slurpee Boy, the 7-Eleven player rankings. There you go, folks. Some rankings, and we are going to get some insider info. A focus on the East Division now that we are past Labor Day. It's go time to the Great Cup. CFL Weekly continues next on TSN Radio Network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. 
perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. CFL Weekly on the TSN Radio Network, Canada-wide. I'm Andy McNamara, coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. Large four-top pizza, just $12.99. Hey, try the mix and match, mate. I love this. $7.99 for minimum two items, and you can go pizza, you can go side dish, you can go any type of option, the mix and match menu give it a shot uh, of course marvel cookie brownie for dessert always good but check it all out at dominoes.ca that is dominoes.ca still to come in the show we're going to chat with farhan Lalji from tsn our out west cfl insider out in british columbia and then get some fantasy football tips from ben kramer and of daily roto i want to focus on the east when we got our two insiders kind of break it up farhan Lalji from the west side and Dave Naylor on the East. Because you look at this. Like, the Hamilton Ticats have the and credit to Dane Evans. But it wasn't a perfect game. And maybe he's coming along nicely. But you look at this. They're 9-2. and two. Like, you go 500 the rest of the way, you're winning this division easy. Right? Like, Ottawa is done. Toronto's done. You're really just competing for seeding with Montreal. And you have a three-game lead on them. Four-game lead. Well, I guess they have two games in hand. Whatever the math is. They have five wins and, and Hamilton has nine. Public school kid here, folks. Okay. <laughs> so they're going to be playing really for the crossover. Um, and, and Montreal, and you look at the West, that's where it gets really interesting because that is where you're going to have either, as of right now, it would be Edmonton to jump over and play Montreal. Like, whoever plays Montreal, assuming they finish second, which I'm guessing at this point they will, uh, again, if, in, unless there's a total catastrophe in Hamilton. You have whatever team plays Montreal. I'm just digging the Alouettes, guys. I am. Vernon Adams Jr., maybe it's because he was on the show. And I said this the other week, too. When we had Vernon Adams on and behind the helmet, you guys listening, uh, go back and check the archives. You can go TSN, well, your local TSN radio station page under the show page tab will have CFL weekly in it, uh, or on iTunes or the Twitch feed, twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live, and on Twitter as well at AndyMC81. The Vernon Adams interview, as soon as I heard that, when I chatted with them, I bought in. I thought, man, you know what? This guy's this guy gets it. And he had a long road. I remember when they had when he was coming out of the draft, they had the, you know, the NFL network has the, the draft coverage of uh, and of Kurt Warner give him tips and stuff like that. And Vernon Adams, he was a bubble guy and didn't get drafted. Thing came up and he admitted, he's like, look, I thought I'd be back in the NFL in two years. Didn't happen. Right? Didn't happen. Got his head right, focused, and now with all of the turmoil in Montreal, all of it, think about the comebacks they've had to do, had to do and, and overcome. And they're still only five and four. But to overcome. Your coach gets fired, Sherman, second preseason week, because he doesn't understand the game of Canadian football. That, that's what was the reason. Dude didn't get it. Terrible hire. 
And terrible results. Fired. It's two weeks before. Okay. Then in season, you're on a two-game win streak. Ah, let's get rid of the GM. Oh, and by the way, nobody wants you, so the league owns you. How easy would it have been for Vernon Adams and the whole team to mail it in like we've seen the Alouettes do the last number of years? Very easy. I wouldn't have blamed them. Those are insurmountable odds. Yet they're five and four. Ottawa Red Blacks three and seven. Argos one and nine. And I'm telling you, man, if I was any Western team, because there's going to be a crossover, I would be playing my butt off to try to get to that three seed in the West because I do not want to play the Montreal Alouettes. Don't want to do it. That is the team I think could shock a crossover West Division team. Now, they're going to win the whole thing. I don't think so. But heck, you look at this. Matt Nichols is, is injured. Okay? You got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who just lost by two to Saskatchewan with a one-game lead at eight and three with Chris Strebler, who I love me some stone-cold Strebler. Don't get me wrong. Guy can't throw the ball. Can he develop on the fly and do it? I don't know, man. I'm, I, I don't think so. You're at this point in the season, then you're just going on blind faith. Dude, 161 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Now he's going to run one in. But if you're the Blue Bombers, is it safer to go in another direction? Is it safer to stay with Strevler? Can you bring another QB in this point in the season and use kind of that dual system? We know that doesn't work. So the West is totally wide open. Then you get Saskatchewan, who... You got the rematch of the Banjo Bowl. Think about this. Saskatchewan and Air Fajardo, who, by the way, didn't have his best game, but we've shown he has shown what, what he's been able to do. He, he was the same as uh, Strevler. One TD, two picks, but he threw for 300. If Saskatchewan wins, they're tied with the Blue Bombers. Then you look at this. You have Calgary 6-4. and four. It is a total mashup. And again, if you're that four seed, you're crossing over. Hamilton will have the bye, right? Again, assuming nothing super weird happens. Hamilton will have the bye, and you play Montreal. If Vernon Adams is healthy, and that team, the Alouettes, get in on any sort of a roll, let's say they win their last two or three, and they're clicking. I don't want to play that team, man. If you look, like, and if you look at that roster... Nothing really wows you. Standback, William Standback, I know, had the, the, a couple incredible games at running back. Devier Posey's look good at, in, in spots. But you got average to the eye offensive talent. And the defense is okay. Like, everything's okay, yet they're succeeding. Yet they're overcoming. That's a scary team. Because they know they're not supposed to be there. So they're playing loose. Now, if you're the Edmonton Eskimos and you cross over, you got Trevor Harris, high-powered offense, you're supposed to be higher. There's a lot of pressure on you, and you're traveling. Right? So that's where I would not want to play the Montreal Alouettes in the first round. And that's what we have to start talking about, people, because now, week 13, we're post-Labor Day. We're going to have the Labor Day rematch. Right? Two of them. Now, I don't know why the Argos and Ticats didn't go head-to-head again. Ottawa is going to be hosting Toronto. As crazy as it sounds, too, Ottawa can still be in this thing. They're going with Jonathan Jennings 
at quarterback. I'm sorry, people. Okay? I'm sure Jonathan Jennings is a very nice man. Not a starting quarterback in the Canadian Football League. He's not. On twitch.tv slash Live. my guy Matt Flow Sports saying, here come the stamps with Bo Levi back in the saddle. Hey, you know what? Watch out for Calgary. Nick Arbuckle did his job. What's the job of a good backup quarterback? Tread water. Don't let everything fall apart till the starter comes back. Well, now you look at the Stampeders. They're 6-4. and four. They have a chance to take out Edmonton again in Edmonton. And then you got the same amount of wins, maybe, as Saskatchewan if Winnipeg wins. But if the Rough Riders win, which I think they will, they're up top, and you can try to solidify that feat. Now, if I'm the Stampeders, what I'm looking at is maybe you have Winnipeg start to dip, and maybe it's Winnipeg that falls to that two, maybe three seed. And if it's still Strebler in there, they don't have an answer. That, that's the matchup I want, right? So you got the Stamps. And Bo Levi coming back looked good. Looked good. And he's just getting started. You get, think about this. You get Bo Levi Mitchell rested, healthy, as long as he can stay that way, for the playoff push. Like you're talking a first game back, 263 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, 19 to 28. I'll take it. Arbuckle ran one in from the one, right? But you know now you have a competent backup in Nick Arbuckle, and you got Bo Levi Mitchell who's only going to get better as he shakes off the rust. That's the key. Uh, on twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live, shock fanatic underscore zero nine says, I'm down on Edmonton. Trevor Harris can throw all over the field all he wants, but their red zone management is awful. Spot on, man. Absolutely. You can't have Sean White kicking 20 field goals. You know what that shows me? Everyone talks about the high. Oh, look at White with like seven for seven. That's great. Good. You know what that tells me? Can't score majors. Can't get into the end zone. That's only going to take you so far. Why is that with the weapons of Edmonton and the arm talent of Trevor Harris? That's the concern. To me, if Edmonton goes the crossover... That, that should be a huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. With all the talent there. Especially the fact you did not take advantage when Calgary was without Bolivar Mitchell. And now he's back. And now he's stomping. The Ottawa Red Blacks with Jonathan Jennings again, guys. Like We liked our guy. Uh, was it Dominique? Came on the show from Ottawa. Didn't get it done. Not getting it done. Now you go Jonathan Jennings and you have Ottawa Red Blacks in a similar situation to the Toronto Argonauts who are in search of their franchise quarterback, and he's not on the roster. Franchise QB is not on Ottawa. It's not on Toronto. They're going to try to figure it out. But, again, Ottawa, you get a win against Toronto. Say Montreal loses. I don't think they will against BC. But if they did, you're one game back. You're still in it. All right. Couldn't get a hold of Dave Naylor. We're going to take the break, go out west, uh, CFL and TSN insider Farhan Lalji, and then Ben Kramer with some CFL fantasy tips next here on CFL Weekly. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or... 
just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studios. We're delivered by Domino's, folks. Go grab yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99 or try the $7.99 mix and match menu. Check it all out at Domino's.ca desserts like the marbled cookie brownie, cheesy bread, side dishes. Check it all out at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Now, Due to some scheduling conflicts, I wasn't able to chat with our next guest, Safarhan Lalji, but producer Arad Asvandi stepped up, got it done when Farhan could do it from out west to take a look at the West Division coming out of the Labor Day Classic. Farhan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's after Labor Day, so I guess the CFL season has officially started. Your takeaways from the first half of the season. Well, I think the the big takeaways I have are, uh, as far as the Western Division is concerned, is just uh, the development of Cody Fajardo in Saskatchewan, right? I mean, this is a, a player who was an afterthought when he was in Toronto, was an afterthought here in BC, and when he finally got the opportunity, not just to kind of drop into a game for a few moments, but to actually get a legitimate sample size of work, uh, I think he showed that this guy's got a lot of moxie, he's got a lot of ability, you know, he... Uh, when he was in college, he was known not just for his uh, for his arm, but also for his legs, and he's showing all of that right now. And he's he's handled the moment. And in Saskatchewan, they seem to have fallen in love with him, right? I mean, he was going to be behind Zach Caleros, and you know, I think there were a lot of um, a lot of skepticism and people holding their breath as to what Caleros would be coming into the year based on the injury. And Fajardo's really taking the ball and run with it. I think that Edmondson. Uh, has been very good, uh, especially when you look at the amount of change they've had on their roster. Uh, they were able to integrate uh, Trevor Harris really well. Uh, you know, they've, they've kind of hit a bit of a wall uh, in the last couple of weeks, especially because of some problems in the red zone. But overall, when you look at just how much roster turnover they have had, and also Calgary, when you look at the number of all-star type players they lost for big amounts of time, whether it's Alex Singleton and Thurman and Vodders to the NFL or, or Bo Levi Mitchell to injury, they've still been able to, uh, you know, to keep the ship afloat. So, I think it's just a testament to those organizations and uh, just, you know, how, how they've been able to just plug and play and use the next man up mentality. Now, speaking of Calgary and Bo Levi Mitchell, do you think his return will have a big impact on the standings of the conference? Well, I mean, look, I think Calgary was doing really well without Bo. And, and look, Bo's a very good player, and he's certainly an upgrade over Nick Arbuckle, but I don't know that they were, uh, you know, that they were in, in trouble. Uh, you know, I think when he got hurt, I think everybody saw or felt that he was going to be in trouble. But then, uh, as Nick Arbuckle played, I, I think he held up well. I think the defense held up better than advertised when you look at the type of players they've lost. You know, a guy like Corey Greenwood was able to step in place in Singleton and do very well. And, you know, just a great organization in terms of evaluating and, and then also developing and implementing, right? So uh, they've certainly been very good. But, uh, you know, does Bo make them better? Sure. Does he give them a little more swagger? Sure. But, you know, it, it's not uh, as life-changing as you might think because they did well with Arbuckle. Absolutely right. And, you know, speaking of the team that is in first place right now, Winnipeg, do you think they can keep that first place with Strebler at QB? I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and it's a fair question because, look, I, when, when Matt Nichols was playing, you know, they, they were winning games, but it wasn't necessarily because of Matt. Their offense changed a lot this year with, uh, with Matt Nichols because they had been conservative previously, right? I mean, it was a lot more 
game management, but this year they really took a lot of shots downfield and they were much more aggressive with how they moved the ball. They didn't have the level of consistency they've had in the past. Now with Strebler, you know, like, listen, Paul Lapolis is, is the best offensive coordinator in the league, and he's done a very, you know, magnificent job of trying to tailor the offense around the skills of the quarterback. But, you know, after a while, teams start to figure out what that type of offense is. And even though it's hard to simulate in practice or, or kind of get a, a, a comfort level with it over the course of a season, as opposed to, let's say, a Mark Tressman offense, which half the teams in the league run, you know, I, I don't know that it's sustainable for extended playoff success. And look, I'm a big Chris Trevler fan, and I do think he is capable of throwing the football downfield, and he's got a strong arm with good velocity. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that um, he's going to have to show that he can – sit back, make reads, and, and deliver the ball where it needs to go, along with what he can do with his legs. And we're going to find out because I think, you know, being the backup quarterback, it's easy to fall in love with that guy. And, and certainly as the league looks at who its next stars are, and we see names like Pajardo and Arbuckle and Strevler, right, you've got to show that you can do it both ways. Otherwise, you know, over the long haul, you're not going to be any better than Dan LaFever, right, who came in, showed that he could run, and then Absolutely. eventually showed he couldn't do much else, right? So I do think Strickland's better than that, but you've got to show that, and, and the teams are going to force him to do that as they get uh, closer to the playoffs here. That is very true. And speaking of the playoffs, you got two other teams in the West who are pretty much a lock for the playoff spot in Saskatchewan and Edmonton. Who do you like more for a deeper playoff run? Who do you think's positioned better to do well in the postseason? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably have to say Saskatchewan, right? I, I, like, I do think that they're a little better defensively. And look, I like both teams. You know, I know that Edmonton hasn't beaten a team that's above 500 yet. And, you know, that may have been their worst game of the year, uh, the, the Labor Day game against Calgary. And I certainly think they'll bounce back. And, and I like what Trevor Harris has done. And, but, I, you know, when I look at that roster top to bottom, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think Saskatchewan has more impact players on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I, I just... Uh, I, you know, I like what they've been able to do. I mean, I, you know, I, at the same time, right. I mean, I, I do have a preference to Jason Moss over, let's say a Stephen McAdoo in terms of an offensive coordinator and that ability to make adjustments and take what the defense gives, but just in terms of how they're playing right now, you know, but it, it, you know, like if you're Edmonton though, and let's say you finish fourth, um, you know, do you feel good about your situation crossing over to the East? I, I love what Montreal is doing right now. I, you know, Hamilton, I think, is playing very well. So I don't think there's going to be any easy roads for the six teams that get in eventually, you know, because I certainly believe Montreal and Hamilton are, are locks in the East the way things are going right now. And, yeah, that was going to lead me to my next question. Every year we talk about how, you know, the easiest path to the great, uh, to the great Cup is finishing fourth in the West. And as you said, this year it doesn't look like that. Well, truthfully, I, I don't know that it's been like that all the way through, right? I mean, you know, often that West team wins the first playoff game, but you don't see that West team get in the Grey Cup. So I don't know that it's any easier because, you know, Hamilton is exceptional and Montreal is dangerous, right? Uh, you know, like uh, the way the way that defense under Bob Sloak has gotten comfortable, like he's learned the, the league, he's learned the game, uh, you know, because they haven't invested as much in the quarterback. They've got some players that maybe they overpaid for to get, but now those players are paying dividends on the defensive side of the ball. Their receivers have been dynamic. Ari Jones has been good. So, I, you know, look, I, I think that, yeah, is the West better? Sure. And, you know, first five weeks of the season, we were talking about how there might not be a crossover team this year, and now it's clear there's going to be. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't think it's an easy road because I really do have a lot of time for what Hamilton and Montreal are doing. Very well. And uh, one last question for you. The team that you cover the most, the BC Lions, You know, yeah. having a brutal season is putting it lightly. 
Like, where do you think do they, they go after such a bad year? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think there was a point in time in the year where, you know, when, you know, halfway point and they were sitting at one and seven, or sorry, I think at Herbie, you know, probably was looking at what he can do and, you know, how there were some shortcomings, not just on the roster, but also with the coaching staff. And that, you know, in the offseason, maybe you go to Devon Claybrooks and, and keep him, but, you know, insist that a lot of the coaches, the assistant coaches, because there's just too many young coaches there, uh, that you'd make wholesale changes on the staff, but retain the head coach. But if it continues the way it is now, I mean, they're sitting at one and nine, and let's say they finish two and 16 or three and 15, uh, you know, like, can you roll the head coach back out here again, right? I, I think it's a reasonable question. And I think Devon Claybrooks could, can be a good head coach in this league. I do think he miscalculated with the staff that he brought in. Um, you know, but I, I do think he's got the makings of, of a good head coach. But, um, you know, it, like if they finish with a record like that, when you've when you got a franchise that's just not good at the gate and, you know, they've really got to change the, the narrative of it, I mean, you know, they're, they're going to need a new owner. They're going to need, and you know, the coaching thing, it's just all going to depend on what happens over these last eight games. And, you know, just to follow up to that, how much of it falls on Mike Riley? I know he hasn't been protected at all, but is there any fault with him? Um, you know, I think there's been some points in the last couple of weeks where maybe he's held on to the ball too long at times, and I think his confidence uh, in those around him has waned a little bit. That's just my opinion, not from talking to him, but just, you know, body language and trying to read things the way reporters often do. But, um, you know, I, I think when they when this thing fell apart early on and it went to 1-7, and seven, I, I don't think you could have blamed Mike Riley at all. Now, you know, he's, he's still been, you know, he's, he's been fine. Uh, but he hasn't been uh, exceptional this season. But I, I think most of it falls uh, on the people around him on the offensive side of the ball, more so than on his ability or inability. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Farhan. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. Thanks, Arad, and thanks to TSN CFL insider Farhan Alalji. We'll take the break, come back to wrap up the show with some CFL fantasy tips from Ben Kramer of CFL.ca and Daily Roto. That is next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Another edition of CFL Weekly, Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can watch in studio alongside on Twitch. Jump in the chat room at twitch.tv slash Live. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's, as you know. So go check it out. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals, like a large four-topping pizza for $12.99. The desserts, the marbled cookie brownie for dessert, the boneless chicken, the side dishes, the $7.99 mix and match specials. Get it all. Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. And I got to tell you two people, when you're looking for tickets to an event, could be a CFL game, could be NFL in Canada, U.S., hockey, any sport, any type of concert, any event, 
Go to my guys at SeatGiant.ca. SeatGiant.ca. On checkout, put promo code Andy in. Save on some of the service fees. The tickets are guaranteed, so it's that safety. It's that comfort feeling that when you get the tickets, you go to the venue, you're going to be able to get in. That's the, the always my fear. If you order someone, you're like, is it legit? It is legit. It is fully guaranteed, and it's in Canadian dollars, so you never have to worry about converting from U.S. to Canada. Is it? Is that the price? Yes, it is the price. And got a wide selection, lots of tickets, lots of different events. Check them out, seatgiant.ca. Use promo code Andy upon checkout. Okay, let's go to Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca for some CFL fantasy tips. Ben, let's begin where we, we usually tend to begin, and that's at the quarterback position coming off of these Labor Day games. Bo Levi Mitchell is back, and so is Jonathan Jennings with the BC Lions. Oh, the kind of a, a polar opposite of, of fantasy possibilities, I suppose. Where are we looking at at quarterback? Because you got Vernon Adams Jr. in your DraftKings lineup, about 10600 against BC. Juicy matchup. But expensive, and then you kind of go down, and Bo Levi is 9,400, but against typically a very good Edmonton defense in the rematch. What, what do you like in that quarterback this week? Yeah, I think a lot of it is going to have to do with risk tolerance for players. I think certainly Vernon Adams is going to be a highly used pick, whether it's on DraftKings or TSN, with a price tag around 10000 but versus a BC defense that's given up the most passing touchdowns per attempt in the league. And looked a little bit better versus Hamilton the last time around, but certainly still has a lot of weaknesses there left to exploit. Adams and the passing offense seem to be coming around as they're finding their spots in that receiving core and figuring out who the targets are going to be on a consistent basis basis and he's the top projected passer this week for folks who want a little bit safer play chris Treveller it doesn't have nearly as much upside as adams he's probably never going to pass for more than one or two touchdowns but the consistent rough yard that he's going to pile up with the opportunity for another goal line score to make him probably the safest value on the week at just over seven thousand on the tsn contest and not too much more than that on the DraftKings contest. He's going to be a guy who's going to pile up the yards for you and have a really safe floor to work from. Now, if we look at somebody maybe a little bit lower, McLeod Bethel-Thompson and the Argos, they're not going to win win many games. Who knows if they'll even win another one. But the production fantasy-wise from McLeod Bethel-Thompson, if I'm looking at the DraftKings scoring, I got 25.78 before that against Hamilton, 29.96, just a shade under 20 before that, and 32 uh, point one two the week before McLeod Bethel Thompson against Ottawa, who I don't expect that that offense to uh, remain on the field very often. Um, is McLeod Bethel Thompson an option here? I think he's one of the many mid-tier options yeah. that you've got. The reality is that you've got a whole bunch of guys that are all within about one or two points of each other in the projections. It's going to be a matter of where their salaries pan out. So Thompson, realistically, if not for the fact that Toronto has no idea how to actually win a football game because of that (laughs) defense, he'd be in the MOP candidacy kind of thing for the statistics that he's putting up on a weekly basis. So, yeah, he could be your fantasy MOP by the end of the season and certainly worth looking at in rosters this week. In conversation with Ben Kramer on Twitter, at Benjamin. Uh, ben, running back, we know in fantasy it's never wise to be a chaser, uh, but I'm kind of looking Kadeem Carey out of Calgary, and we know those Stampeders, they can rotate in those running backs. Are you buying Carey in the Edmonton rematch? Yeah, Carey was one of my highest-owned players this last weekend just because he's 
going to be a pretty consistent usage guy at a salary that's a lot less than most of the other top backs out there. Just over 5300 on the TSN contest and not a whole lot more for him on the DraftKings contest at only 6400 You're going to be looking at a player who's getting consistently 10 or 11 carries and two or three targets for quite a bit less than a lot of the other competitors are more in the seven to 9000 kind of dollar range. And Okay, so this week, Ben, when we're looking at Players on teams to avoid. Um, uh, just staying away from Ottawa altogether is screaming at me. Am I right? Should I be should I be staying away from from most, uh, if not all, Red Blacks? I think the Reading back position for Ottawa is one I'm interested in quite a bit this week. Toronto's rush defense is terrible. And John Jennings isn't going to be able to do a whole lot through the air, and I think we've seen that pretty consistently. But I think if Crockett is back healthy, priced over just 5000 on DraftKings contest, he's the best value of the week at the position this week that has a lot of the other top projected players at salaries that are up in that 8 k plus kind of range. So I think Crockett is one of the cheaper options that you could look at. And if Crockett is out and we wind up being in the Greg Morris show again, that's a guy who could get five or six targets out of the passing game pretty easily too. So I think the Ottawa running back is certainly one that you want to keep in mind while you're setting lineups this week. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll keep, uh, keep Crockett in there. What about Augustine going for the, the Blue Bombers? Uh, had a, a nice week. He was one of those ones that everybody was picking up. Wasn't a sleeper at all. It was kind of that the the uh, pick of hey let's get him because he's he's cheaper and but everybody knew about him uh do we look at augustine again versus uh, saskatchewan yeah i think we'll have to keep an eye on the depth charts again this week yeah. we expected santiago would be splitting time in the backfield with him this last week but santiago got hurt in the last day of practice and didn't suit up for the game if santiago's back i think they will look at that split kind of workload and augustine's salary went up significantly this week in most places just based on the showing that he had versus Saskatchewan this last week. So if he has the backfield to himself again, he's certainly an option, but not nearly as good a value as he was last week. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to see where that one tunes out to, depending on what the injuries tell us over the week. In conversation with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca, getting you the CFL fantasy tips you deserve and that you need, people, right here across Canada on CFL Weekly on the TSN Radio Network. Wide receiver-wise, uh, Ben, what are we looking at this week? And I want to see, maybe focus a little bit on the Montreal Alouettes, which when you look at top performers, they, they kind of are all middling, right? You got like Eugene Lewis, he's, he's, he's middling. Quan Bray, he's, he's in that 70, on drafting 71, 7,000. You don't necessarily have a true stud to go after, but is there anybody on that outside of Vernon Adams Jr. on that Montreal uh, offense that you're you're looking at specifically maybe at wideout. Well, Devere Posey's been getting near eight targets a game since he came off the injured list, and I think somebody he's certainly worth considering. It's still just 6,600 on DraftKings yeah. and just over 6,000 on the TSN contest. That's somebody that I'd be interested in having a fair bit of this week at the mid-tier price range that turns him into one of the best values on the slate at the position. I think if folks are looking for who are the the top projected receivers, Reggie Bagleton has just been blowing the doors off of everybody that he's played regardless of the matchup. And his scoring rates 
are up well above what Brandon Banks put up in his heyday back last year when he was absolutely a must-play on a weekly basis. So his salary's creeped up to almost Banks levels around 10000 But he's a guy that's going to be interesting, I think, again this week in the matchup just because it doesn't seem anybody has the opportunity to stop him. And if he keeps getting 10 or 12 targets a game, that's a pretty unmatched workload for the wide receiver position. Going with the bagel. I, I don't even know if anyone really calls him that, but I think it's pretty clever. Um, you know, that's that's just me. Yeah, we dubbed him Bagel Town because <laughs> he's always open. Hey, there you go. I like it. I dig it. Uh, and now defense. Let's let's take a peek. And um, if you're looking on the DraftKings site, Alouette's fifty five hundred bucks for a D, kind of pricey, but it's against the BC Lions. Then you got Ottawa at Toronto. And it, it, listen, we can't be. Um, taking the Argos they might lose but they're going to put up McLeod Bethel Thompson is going to be putting up three to four hundred yards do we look at the Toronto defense because as you mentioned run wise maybe not so much but through the air I'm not expecting too much out of Jonathan Jennings it's four thousand bucks where are you going on the D side yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out because normally you would want to pick on John Jennings, but that Toronto defense for the most part has just been absurdly bad. Yeah. And they averaged just over three points a game up until this last week when they had a half dozen sacks. So we'll have to see what they managed to put together. But Toronto defense, if it's really cheap, is worth having some exposure to, but I don't think you'd want to go too heavy there. I think Calgary is certainly a good option versus Edmonton and the red zone struggles that they've had on a regular basis. And a Winnipeg defense still looks quite exceptional despite the injuries that they've got on offense. And usually they have a pretty good game on the Banjo Bowl weekend back in the replay for Winnipeg. So I think the Winnipeg defense is another one that's worth looking at this week. And Ben, I'm I'm gonna have a high end flex available. So let's say out of these three, who who'd you rather on the DraftKings lineup? Stand back for the Alouettes, Shaq Evans for the Rough Riders, or CJ Gable for the Eskimos, all three at an eighty six hundred dollar price tag. So if you kinda of went value along the way and you get that big spend at the end, out of those three, who do you like? I might sound like a homer, but I think Shaq Evans is probably the one with the most upside out of that group. And he's going to consistently get his six or seven targets a game, even if it's first the Winnipeg defense that has struggled a little bit on the boundary side where he's going to get his opportunities. So I think I'd take Shaq Evans out of that group if you've got that kind of salary left over. Go with Shaq Evans. Ben, tell people, hey, NFL season, it's here, man, and Daily Roto can help you out on that side of fantasy. Yeah, the NFL season is right upon us in just a couple of days' time on Thursday night. And if you're looking to play some daily fantasy contests on DraftKings or FanDuel through the NFL games, we've got the promo code CFL2019 for you that will get you 10% off a year-long subscription. Beautiful. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, great talking with Andy. All right, there he is, Ben Kramer from CFL.ca and Daily Roto. That'll do it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to all of our guests. For producer Aradis Vandy, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.